On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about what the hell happened out in Kansas City. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. On the ground, Jones with a slip move. Started right, goes left, touchdown. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Hey, hey, hey. All right, quick straw poll. Who's in a good mood? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm all right. Yeah, whatever. Two out of three? Two out of three? Good, good. We're an uh, even tone podcast here. No, three out of the, three. We're good. We're I've good. been watching the national media, and they're acting like the Packers should be lighting everything on fire and starting over. Let's let's give the people some truth, gentlemen. Yeah, le- we're gonna jump right into it. Final score was thirteen to seven, which I I suspected there was gonna it was gonna be under for the game just because you're having two teams that are struggling a bit. Oh boy, was this uh, a struggle fest to the nth degree? Hard and to we're watch. we're gonna start with our offense and i want to open it up with a question to you gents do you put more blame on the scheme in which lafleur put in place for love or do you blame love just having not necessarily him but the situation of chiefs defense applying pressure and him being in his first game so coaches versus just situation i'll take this one i'll take this one i got this one lafleur 100%. (laughs) I was going to make a statement that like his coach of the year bid just got put on hiatus uh, because this was uh, malfeasance on the coaching staff when it came to the offensive production. If you would have had to predict Jordan Love's going to throw the ball over or under 30 times, pretty sure we all would have taken the under, right? The, The man made Jordan Love throw the ball 34 times. And he didn't look amazing. I get it. But it was his first time out there. I'm not saying we need to trade him. I'm not saying you got to let him go. I'm not saying love can't be the face of the franchise in the future. LaFleur miscoached this game. He had a statement today that, yeah, if you look at the ratio, I guess I probably could have done a little better with the running game. Duh, you think? We called on the podcast. A.J. Dillon needs 20 rushes. He got eight. Eight. He averaged 5.8. What were we doing? Yep, you're right. You're right on the ball, Lafleur. Uh, I mean, he, he he, and it doesn't make any sense because yes, he he called more passing plays, even though our rush was winning up the middle and outside at times, um, and and the screen plays were getting covered up. Yet they continued to call them. Like the defensive line was watching the running backs 100 percent of the time. Um, the amount of pressure that they brought at Jordan Love with the blitzes. Like we just never seen – we continued to do routes down the sideline instead of coming over the middle more often. Um, I, I didn't understand that. Um, and just the type of play calling. It, it's not like what we have been doing. And I understand Aaron Rodgers is near – Aaron Rodgers way, way better, knows the offense way more. 
you know, than love. But at the same time, like, I'm sure this is what we do in practice. So where was the flow? Where was, where were the double screens and, and the, and actually mm. pulling it from, from the, the run play action when Jordan Love should have a couple times, it, it looked like it was an automatic handoff. So it, instead of yeah. doing the reads that the defense was giving us, but Still, I loved how Jordan Love played. He played he played decent, you know, with what he was given um, in the play calls that we had. He played decent. He he looked a little lost at times, but hell, it was his first time. Twenty total rushes. That's the entire recap for the offense. Twenty total rushers when they're averaging four point nine yards per carry. That's malfeasance by the coaching staff. And the yeah. pass, the pass rush was. Oh, it was hard to watch because there were a couple like coaches film angle almost that the broadcast showed. And he had one. He took that deep shot. I believe it was I think it was Cobb down the right sideline. And it was one mm-hmm. of the Chiefs where they blitzed six and seven multiple times. Total disrespect for the quarterback. But I get it. But I think on that one, they had blitzed six. He throws it to the right because he's under pressure. And on the left was MVS wide open. Wide on the, on the open. Yeah, it's like. Yep. Does Rodgers see that? Maybe, maybe not, but they're not sending six against Rodgers, right? So the comparison's unfair, but he didn't have the time. He stood in there, he took the hit, he got the ball away. That's all you can ask of a quarterback in that situation. So the, the, it was all on the plane calling. They weren't mm-hmm. schemed up to, to – they weren't prepared for the Chiefs rushing six every time. Like, ugh, yeah, that, that didn't frustrated make any sense. Me, but that's not the reason we lost the game. Nope. Yeah, and I, I just want to throw in uh, – that was the easiest guess we could have ever made was that this D line of the Kansas city chiefs was going to be blitzing as many times as they possibly could. And it ended up being a 50, 50 draw, whether they blitzed or didn't blitz, uh, Jordan love. Like it, it was known to man what was wow. happening. And it, it's, it's frustrating because that meant one-on-one coverage just about everywhere on the field. And Especially, and we've gone through the Dylan situation, we've gone through the ability to just get balls out quick, but to add on to that, Royce Newman probably had his worst game of, of the season. Yep. It just was a very, very bad game between missed blocks, penalties. At some point, if you were a coach, and it wasn't like they, they turned the switch on in the, the second half, the Chiefs defense, you saw it the whole game. And for somebody that we feel and we value his adjustments at halftime to see man-on-man coverage, to see running backs doing their job, and to see an O-line holding on for dear life as they blitzed, 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 and did nothing differently in the second half and actually threw more was just mind-blowing to me. And I look at these last or these two losses this year, I blame the coaching staff on both of them as the kind of major play uh, or, or kind of changer of the game. This game offense was not ready for what they were about to experience. And at no point changed the trajectory of what they wanted to do. And the saints game, zero players on the offense or defense were mentally or physically ready for an NFL football game. So good news. I think our players uh, did what they needed to do in certain circumstances, especially to the defense we're about to get to in a second. Bad news is I I just – two very, very, very bad coaching experience this year have cost us. Mm -hmm. Before we move on to the defense, I did want to highlight some wideouts. First of all, Foose, I think you said it while we were watching – 
the Randall Cobb signing has proved worth it already. I mean, the the guy still has a knack for finding the open space and he catches the ball. Um, so I, I'm glad to see he got a little action. And then especially, second, especially when he becomes our punt returner next week. Yeah. Oh my just, God! <laughs> just do it. Like anyone. Hey, I, I I said let's bring back Tyler Irvin. Anyone? Anyone? Like let's just go trade for him. He's on Houston. Like they'll give him away. Oh, uh, <laughs> for a ham sandwich. There you go. Uh, but second thing I wanted to point out was Devonte Adams didn't look right last night. I and I don't know if it was just the connection between oh, him and Love, but he just did not look right. Bad take. Bad take. I, he looked fine. They got a good corner. The connection. He had single there. coverage with no one over top of him most of yeah, the night, and he couldn't time, beat him. The difference of Rogers putting a ball back shoulder and Love putting a ball wherever the heck he was putting it is dramatic. The the amount of times. Remember the the time uh, Love was scrambling towards the sideline and he had Devontae and he threw it behind him where he had to jump yeah, and extend yeah. his arm. Like he's gonna get Devontae hurt today. He was. I, I was afraid he was going to have Devontae set up to take one of those like rib shots over the middle and mm. knock out Devontae for the next month. So I was ecstatic that he got through the game without being hurt. I, I wouldn't put any of this on Devontae. I think two things. Royce Newman, Ryan, uh, made the Bakhtiari return decision that much easier. Oh. Remember the question we had as a podcast of what does that line look like? I think it looks pretty easy now. You shift Elton over to left guard, move Runyon over to right guard, and uh, we're settled there. And then the debate. Remember this debate we've had multiple times, and it, it's even been done in the national media. But is the lack of the run game based on play calls, or Rogers always checking to a pass? Like, well, maybe Rogers is taking the run and getting up there and always uh, converting the play call into a pass audible. Uh, that debate is over. They're strictly play calls that are just deciding we're going to throw the ball 40 times and run 15, even though the running game's working. So I think we learned a couple things that are good for the rest of the year. I, I'm not too concerned with what we saw. I think if we stuck with the runs, specifically in the red zone, we'd probably put up more points. 100. Uh, I know you probably want to talk defense next, but the reason we lost wasn't that either. Yeah, and, and I do want to say to all those people that said, we saw our Jordan Love film and we are officially needing to move on from just just pause a little bit because if you do remember the one drive in which he actually got time to throw, he started the series seven for seven. So let's just hold on a second and, and reevaluate with time and with effort. But enough yeah, of as, this offense as, as Wisconsin sports fans, we all know what happens when a quarterback comes out and balls out in his first showing ever, right? Graham Mertz. Mm -hmm. And That's then true. they're just bound for a hall of fame career, right? I mean, come on. You know, it. Most quarterbacks come out and they throw 50%, a touchdown, a pick, and they grow from that. I got nothing wrong with what happened. So this defense, I mean, good God almighty. I, I felt so bad for them watching because they did everything humanly possible to make sure that this Kansas City Chiefs did not get points on the board. And they held up in the red zone. Uh, forcing field goals, which was great to see. And I think it was uh, Bukowski online that said, uh, to quote him actually, the Packers held the Chiefs to their worst offensive output in the Patrick Mahomes era without Zadarius, Jair, Stokes, and Kenny Clark for a half. So all the power in the world was on them. Uh, so let's dive into it. And somebody that I know Josh was just uh, just 
beautifully praising him all game. Chris Barnes showed up and showed out. Yes. Honestly, everybody showed up. Even Devondre Campbell, when he dropped the ball in zone coverage two or three times, like he still showed up uh, in the red zone. I mean, the game plan was fantastic. It was way different than last week. Um, and, and guys were asked to do a little bit more, especially Shannon Sullivan. And they stepped up. I mean, I can't believe that Kenny Clark went down. I didn't even realize Kenny Clark went down because they just continued to perform up front with TJ Slayton and Tyler Lancaster. Wow. But they pulled it off. You didn't realize Kenny Clark went down? I didn't. Like the cameras were all over it. I'm ecstatic with the defensive performance. I think they did what we were hoping they would do. I also think the Chiefs are a little broken uh, because they had some plays they probably should have hit on. They had some beautiful play calls where they ran Tyreek Hill and Kelsey together in these combo routes. We were like, I remember them doing the live replay, and I was just like, there's just no way to defend that. One was over Devondre. They ran, was it Kelsey? No, they ran Tyreek Hill underneath on a drag route, and then Kelsey behind them, and they were essentially both in Devondre's zone. It's like, well, you're just not going to be able to stop that. So holding them to 13 points, fantastic defensive performance. Chris Barnes, Kevin King played a role we didn't expect him to have to play. I'm sure the game plan was Stokes' speed to match up on Tyreek. That interception. Shandon had him. Rasul Douglas had him. TJ Slayton had four tackles. And, Josh, you didn't lead off with heavy-duty Heflin. He got his tackle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he made a splash, but he played. That was fun to see. Yeah, he played decent. And hopefully – Kenny Clark's back, they said, isn't long-term, but they're not sure about him being back in time for Seattle. Uh, The Eric Stokes knee in pregame just landed funny. They don't expect that to be long-term. We'll see if he's back for this week. Uh, But hopefully those were all minor things, and we can continue this trend of the team getting healthier because that defense is getting me very hopeful about what a playoff Packer team can look like because you know you can put up points with a healthy offense. If you got a defense that you're actually trusting to make stops, oh boy. Yep, and I'm going to say it because you won't. Rashawn Gary played fantastic. He looked great <laughs> out there. Keep it up, man. We still hate you because we can't reverse the curse, <laughs> but keep it up. If he listens, we hate you because now yeah. you started performing. <laughs> it's a thing now. Four and a half sacks. He's on track for nine this year. Uh, yeah, let's keep hating him. Can I throw this out? Because I have brought this up, I believe, every week, and I get poo-pooed by everybody on this podcast. And I'm not saying he needs to be a starter nor play even half the snaps. But TJ Slayton needs more time. He every time he's gone out there, he has actually looked like a solid figure. Obviously, when Lowry comes back and Clark comes back, those guys do their thing. But he is a hundred percent in my book above Lancaster, and it's not even remotely close anymore. And I don't care if he's a rookie, I don't care if this is a long term project. TJ Slayton needs more reps. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think it's coming. I don't think they need to do it yet. We want him for the postseason. We do not oh. need to wear him out. We don't need to get him tired. You know, he's a rookie. I don't oh. even know how many snaps he played at Florida. Was he an all-time 
you know, starter for the whole entire, you know, game. I don't know. Are you worried about getting a guy tired in week eight as a 22 year old? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. The big boy can handle it. Our whole entire team is hurt right now. I don't want TJ Slayton to go down too. I thought you were going to defend him from Ryan's statement like this podcast, poo pooing on him, number two and on him. Because you were pro TJ Slayton early in the year that he needed to get more reps. And you're right, Ryan, when, when Kenny Clark goes down, you didn't see any change with the defense on the interior line of scrimmage. And that's that's credit to the young man. He's huge. He's stout. He's making plays. I'm excited for his potential. And he might get a full game's worth of reps this weekend if Kenny Clark's not back. Yeah. And, and if his if Kenny Clark's back is not 100 percent, don't play him. We need him in the playoffs more than anything. One. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, uh, add the organ music oh, um, because we Let's go to last week said some very, very, very nice things about the special teams. And this, we said things about the punk coverage. We we did a did lot we? of things. Yeah, we did. Dang. And Can uh, we delete that? yeah, retroactively, we're removing every single nice thing we've ever said because I Mason Crosby should have hit the first kick. Sorry that the laces were on the side. You you got to hit that. Yep. The second one where the laces are facing him, it's just like how Oof. in the world is that happening on an NFL field? And the punk coverage, uh, Rodgers, I don't know why he's still back there. You cannot be waving fair catch, sprinting 15 yards up to not even be remotely close to it, and then put Malik Taylor in a position where he doesn't – he can't – control yeah. like what's going on it was you a made bad Malik look bad you yeah he owes Malik a fine dinner because mm. Malik got some camera time that he did not deserve when I watched the game I said out loud because I think they were they're punting from their own 20 and I go why is Amari all the way at our tent he he has to be up further and the fact that he was sprinting dead on for the ball and was still five yards short therefore causing this massive backup of nobody in the Packers knowing where the ball actually was I there was a beer can that went straight across my backyard because I <laughs> could not handle it. You know who had I, a great you know who had a great game? A great day, I should say. Hunter Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee he was sitting on his couch just laughing. Just oh, laughing. Yeah. I told oh. you. I told you I wasn't that bad. Yeah, that that was a mistake. Big big mistake. I don't understand why we let go of him mid-season like this. But that that set aside, Amari Rodgers, I what do they see? You can clearly see the man is scared to death out there and he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. All you got to do is watch the tape. This hasn't this isn't a new thing. It's been going on since week 1. Why do they not stick someone else back there to at least catch the ball? Just catch the ball, fair catch it, and we'll take it wherever you fair catch it. You don't even have to advance. Just fair catch it. And that we would be set up better than what Amari Rogers does on average for us. So it, it's so frustrating to see. I don't understand why they don't make changes. The important changes, not t- letting your long snapper go. That has been the only long snapper snapping all year to your punter, new punter, and your old oh. kicker. And that preseason. We did. I mean, we we need an upgrade. But obviously this man is not an upgrade right now. That's all I'm saying. So these are just bad, poor judgment decisions. Once again, I put it on the coaches. Like, what are we doing? 
Yeah, because in today's press conference, LaFleur said after the second muff punt, he went over to Maurice, Maurice Drayton and said, remove Amari Rogers from punt return, and Drayton said no. So that is full-fledged, like, fireable offense on the next offense Amari Rogers has because LaFleur can just look at Maurice Drayton and be like, you said no. You said you wanted to keep him in the game. Now, Amari did respond with a 15-yard punt return on the effort after that, so he made him look good in the short term. But let's see how that plays out because I don't see what he sees. I, maybe Amari Rogers has some blackmail on Maurice Drayton, and that's what's like hanging over his head to make him punt returner. I'd, I would love for Amari Rogers to be good back there. Don't get me wrong. I'd love the rookie to be touching the ball more often and getting more reps. Uh, but what he's currently doing probably costs us a game right here. I mean, the missed field goals plus the fumble punt returns cost us a game. That I'm comfortable saying that. I don't think it was all Amari Rogers obviously, uh, but special teams cost us the game, and there's there's one guy in charge of special teams. Oh, man. We went, we went down a hole there that, but... Had to do it. Yeah, so uh, next week, as we look a little bit ahead, Seattle Seahawks coming to town with Russell Wilson, so yay, this is perfect. Uh, there's no way that he won't want to get revenge for recent <laughs> affairs that have happened at Lambeau Field. What a Damn weirdo. It. Let's stick Damn. it to him. Uh, that game actually is a, a nice little afternoon primetime on CBS. So we will look at this week. We'll see how Kenny does. We'll see how Stokes does. Does Bakhtiari come back? Do we start seeing Z a little bit more at the practice facility? <clears throat> and more importantly, is Aaron Rodgers on Saturday afternoon going to be sending out a tweet saying he's back? We'll have to see. But until then, we're still... Number two in the NFL. Everybody chill. We're good. We're good. And thanks. Go, Pat. Go. Go.